If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This week's episode of the Fangirls Podcast is sponsored by Tax Pros, dedicated to providing a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services, offering phone and video appointments. Learn more at taxpros.com. That's taxprose.com. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and today we're highlighting a completely different aspect of the fandom world. I personally consider it a distinguished art, and in the 100 plus episodes that we have covered here on the Fangirls Podcast, we have never covered this subject. That subject being cosplay, and I'm so excited to introduce our special guest, Miss Shelley and Miss Chandra from A Court of Salt and Snow. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Julie. It's super exciting to be here. I can only speak for myself, but I'm so excited. So thank you for having us on. I am also very excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) To take it back a little for our listeners, Memorial Day weekend, Miss Shireen, our special correspondent, and I had the pleasure of going out to Salt Lake City and having the time of our lives at the Starfall Ball hosted by Bookbound Events. And guys, when I tell you this experience was beyond magical, I I can't even begin to describe it outside of I was so immersed in this fandom and the characters that came out from A Court of Salt and Snow just, just highlighted my favorite fandom. I started reading this book series last summer and In no way, shape, or form did I think I would be attending a ball that highlighted these characters so beautifully. So, ladies, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to dish and spill the tea with you on all things cosplay. How are you? How have you guys recovered from the ball? It was definitely a recovery process. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a full week before we we stopped saying, I'm so tired. Very early in my cosplay career, I very quickly figured out that you do not make plans after a cosplay event don't do it because it's so (laughs) tempting to look in your calendar and go, Oh yeah, I can do lunch next week. Or, Oh yeah, I can. What don't do that. Okay. (laughs) You're going to need a week. What was your guys' favorite part of the ball or Starfall ball weekend? Oh, that is a hard one just because there was so many (laughs) wonderful moments for me. What was really just fantastic was the Valkyrie interactions at the book fair. Actually the, the ribbon cutting was a, kind of just like a harebrained scheme of mine. I was like, 
what if we got some ribbon and I got like a knife paper cutter, like an envelope op- opener, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we have people try to like cut it with that. It's like, probably won't work well, but let's do it. And it was such a hit. And it was so sweet to see just the different reactions, like people being silly with it, people just being so absolutely touched by it. And it it was just really a powerful experience to see people just lining up to just have those interactions with these characters they love. The line was so long. Oh, it was to so do long. This. I know. <laughs> and I just, I got in line so that I could like schedule time with you guys for the next day. And I was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to like pull them aside. Let's just hop in line and, and see what we can, we can do. <laughs> and, and in the process, we met our book besties and we were talking about the fandom and it, it served every purpose. And I was like, this is, this is such a warm, welcoming crowd. I've never been into an event where you just find your, your fellow book people. And mm-hmm. then in waiting in line, I was like, okay, so who's your favorite character? What's your favorite fandom? Let's let's connect. <laughs> you know? And it was so great. And then when I saw them have their interaction with you guys, it melted my heart because they had been so excited to just <laughs> talk about the fandom with you guys. So you guys made a lot of magic this weekend. I'm just saying. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, going to these fandom events is something that you cannot describe to people. They have to just come and experience it. And it's, it's truly, it's something I've seen in some of my previous cosplay work, but for such a long time, fandoms were looked down upon. We were rabid fangirls and nothing else, truly. And we faced criticism over it and people were embarrassed to talk about like fan fiction, fan forums were like the only place that you could really go to talk about the things that you love. So when you say, I got in line at this thing and I met my book besties, that is my favorite part. That is my favorite part of almost every cosplay event that I do is watching people meet each other and go, oh my God, you love this thing. Like I love this thing. And they truly connect on like a human level. And it just, it's my favorite part of any event that I've ever done. So what was your favorite part of the weekend? Uh, apart from being able to sit down. Right. <laughs> I really liked the Valkyries at the book fair just because it was like an unexpected smashing success and it was so fun. But I think being the serial was probably my favorite moment at the weekend just because I didn't know how it was going to be received. And I was intimidated because we had been practicing with the prosthetics and stuff for a couple weeks before then. And I thought, I'm going to be completely immersed in this costume and I'm going to be actually deaf and actually blind. So I was... concerned so when people received it so well Mm -hmm. and people were posting and keep in mind I didn't get to see myself until people were posting pictures on social media because I am blind so there was no point that I was in full costume and makeup and able to like flip open my phone and be like oh look how good I look so when people started posting on social media like I met the surreal it was so cool he was so funny like it was so creepy looking whatever I was like yes it worked so that was my favorite part was seeing the surreal succeed because I I wasn't I wasn't sure I was a little nervous about that one you understood the assignment with the surreal. Let me tell you. Uh, so, so was your favorite part the four to five hours in makeup to get full surreal? <laughs> oh my God, you have no idea. I start. I sat in the makeup chair at like four forty-five a.m. to get into the surreal, and we had to be to the T by like nine fifteen. So it took me a good just over five hours, I guess, to get. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part of the whole weekend was sitting there for five hours <laughs> and inhaling, and then spending airbrush. another five hours to get it all off. Oh, oh you, you girl. <laughs> I told people I'm like, I I'm like, everyone go do their stuff in the bathroom because I'm going to be in there for two hours taking everything off. And yeah, it took about that long. So wow. When I say it's a distinguished art, I, I mean it folks didn't happen, but yeah, it was about it. It was about a five hour makeup job, but I was just so uh, impressed with how well the surreal was 
received because I was afraid that they, it was going to be too scary or it was going to be corny and dumb and people were going to be like, okay, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But it went really well. So that was my favorite. I would have to say being with the characters at the after party, I was so immersed. I felt like I was at Rita's. Once we got there, we thought we would be like one of the first ones there. And that was not the case as not local Utah residents. <laughs> Everybody knew this this place like the back of their hand, knew where to park. And we thought we got there within 15 minutes and the seating, it was completely taken. So we were mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe we're leaving sooner than we thought. And then these, these incredibly kind women invite us into their booth and we just start hitting it off. We find out that one of them is a best-selling author and mm-hmm. we're just connecting. And then you guys show up in full character and I feel like <laughs> I'm at Rita's. I'm or I'm at the townhouse and you guys, I was just so immersed. I was like, this is the best thing ever. I don't want to go, but like, I have no, and I'm ready to fall asleep also because we started at, you know, seven in the morning and gone hard all day. Like you guys have, it was great. Like the whole weekend was absolutely beautiful and you guys just made it so incredibly special for us. So thank you so much on that note. I'm ready for some tea. Are you guys ready for some tea? Always. Absolutely. All right. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So in this case, it's fun, juicy facts about the cosplay world. So we're not really spoiling stuff. We're shedding light on the subject and giving you guys a lot of insight. So I wouldn't say tune out. I would say enjoy the show, folks. So I have to ask, how long have you guys, A, been cosplaying? And what made you guys want to get into cosplay? I quite actually fell completely backward into cosplay by accident. Okay. So my journey technically starts in 2011. It's kind of been a theme through my entire life that I've always loved costumes. I was that annoying kid at all of my, in all my theater performances that would always insist on a dress rehearsal, like when it was not necessary. Like I was that kid. As soon as I got my costume together, I would show up to practice in it. And they'd say, you know, it's not dress rehearsal. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) So I've loved costumes my whole life. But in 2011, I had my first opportunity to put together a costume for it was the last Harry Potter movies midnight premiere. And it was a really it was a really momentous moment in my teenage years because my generation is right in line with all the Harry Potter characters when the movies came out. So it was kind of a cool kind of a cool thing. And I dressed up as McGonagall and I had a lot of fun putting it together. I thought I was going to have so much fun wearing it and showing it off. But everyone at the theater thought I was super weird. And no one wanted to talk to me. And they were all like walking around, like way around me. But I I found that I enjoyed putting it together way more. So in 2014, I was asked by a friend of mine to come dress up in a Snow White costume for a charity event. And being at this charity event made me realize that cosplay could mean so much more to other people and not just to me. Because up until that point, cosplay was just something I did because I enjoyed it. There was that satisfaction about looking in the mirror when you're done and being like, look how cool I am. (laughs) Like I did so well. But after this event, I realized this could mean so much more to so many other people. In 2014, I also went up to Forks, Washington for a Twilight event and decided to dress up because, but then I got really into Michael Sheen, who plays Arrow, became a huge Michael Sheen fanatic. So we went up to Forks. I decided to dress up because why not? And I decided that I was also going to play the character because I loved him so much that I was going to do him justice. And the Chamber of Commerce really liked it. And they asked if I would come back in an official capacity. And I've been doing that officially every September since 2016. It's the wildest journey I've ever been on. I mean, I've been invited to Volterra, Italy. I've cosplayed in Italy where my character lives. Like I've done all these amazing things, but I fell into cosplay completely backward because if my friend hadn't asked me to dress up as Snow White for this one event in 2014, 
I would have been lost to the, to the world, right? Would have missed it completely. And then I wouldn't have met awesome people like Shelly, who we crossed paths doing the charity cosplay. And now she's, oh. you know, one of the most inspiring people in my life. So Shelly, tell us how you got started. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my story is much shorter and much less exciting. But um, oh, <laughs> back in 2018, I think, mm-hmm. a friend of mine from Texas, actually, we met on fanfiction.net. It's just one of those things where you okay. make a friend online on one of those random areas and we've oh. never met in person and she was going to come out to utah to go to fanix okay and she was like i want you to go with me i want us to dress up and me being who i am i have never said no to an opportunity to dress up in my life okay i just didn't know there was a term called cosplay to go along cosplay. with it so i've made costumes for halloween like my entire life always loved that always got way too into halloween and then i go and i Throw together a a costume. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Chuck. Oh yeah, but I did Sarah's Wienerlicious outfit <laughs> oh, yeah. to meet Zachary <laughs> Levi, and I walk in and he's just like, "Wow!" Like arms out, <laughs> and his reaction just like, "I'm like, I'm done. I'm done for. Cosplay is now my life." <laughs> the best story when I went to my first Comic Con for LA, he was mm-hmm. the headliner for LA Comic Con, and. One of my correspondents was like, I'm only going for Zachary Levi. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, sure. No, no problem. I'll go. Such a ham. He touched on so many amazing subjects. Love that. Yes. He's he's absolutely delightful. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. But Zachary Levi loves to talk about things like ADHD and mental illness and OCD. And like, I really appreciate those things because they're so prevalent with everybody. Right. If you don't have it, you know, someone who struggles with it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. Zachary Levi holds a place in my heart. Yeah. All right. So you guys have been in the cosplay community for a while now. What is your favorite mm-hmm. thing about being in the cosplay community? I can only speak for our local area here, but the thing I love the most about the cosplay community is in fact, the community part. It's especially, I don't know what it is about Utah. We're just a very nerdy place, but we are so lucky here to have cosplayers who are collaborative and creative and supportive and I don't see a lot of gatekeeping that happens here whereas I've been I've cosplayed in tons and tons of different places around the country and it's like I just run into these cultures where people don't cooperate with each other and they don't inspire each other and it's it's competitive and I don't like that and then I come back to Utah and I'm like this place truly is special because everyone who is here if you jump onto the Utah cosplay Facebook page and type in I'm going to cosplay Tinkerbell for the first time what can you tell me Within 15 minutes, you're going to have 30 responses from all these people saying, this is where I got my wings. Make sure you don't buy these shoes. Do you want my makeup tutorial? Uh, I'm selling an old costume. Like you get things like that and you don't see that in too many other places. You don't. So I love the community. You really don't. And so I love the community here. And there are, I have had very few truly negative experiences with the cosplayers here. So I have such a, such a warm place with my community here. Yeah. I'd have to just tack on to that. It's it's the community, it's the people, it's they just come at it with such passion. When we started this idea of a quart of salt and snow, we were like, oh, this is a fun idea. We weren't necessarily looking to make like friendships or create a friend group. And now it's like just the people within the troop, we're seeing each other multiple times per week. And mm-hmm. we we fell into a friendship in the process of going, hey, this is, there's this cool idea we want to do and just spending all this time with these incredible, passionate people. And it shows Absolutely. the bond that I witnessed 
it was not just you guys playing off of each other in character. It was, these are true blue friends. I think one of the cool things is when we cast this troop, I would say there was a pretty good for me, like half the troop I had never met or heard of. And the other half, I'm like, oh my God, I totally know them through the community. I mean, like Natasha and Andrew who play Lucian and Elaine, um, I have cosplayed with them at charity events for years. So when Shelly said, hey, what do you think about these two people? I'm like, oh my God, I love them. Like, yes, please. But then the other half of the cast came in and I had never heard of them or seen them or a couple of them aren't cosplayers. They are now because, oh. you know, we, we got them bitten by the cosplay bug. How long have you guys all been cosplaying as a team together? As a team together, this was our first ever event. We've been working towards this event for, well, Chandra and I for upwards of a year. And then mm -hmm. as we um, gathered and collected people, probably the vast majority, six-ish months. All right. Mm -hmm. Doing some activities and stuff to get ready. So the friendship thing that you're talking about is is not something that just happened on its own. I mean, we've been facilitating opportunities for us to get to know each other and it's had magical results. So that's, this is our very first event together. I mean, how awesome is that? I mean, well, I mean, technically we had a murder mystery dinner party in character because we wanted everybody to have a chance to interact so with their characters. I know. This is We're how so extra, extra me and Chandra are. She like puts together this multi-page packet to send out to everyone. A like multiple course dinner. <laughs> I write an entire murder mystery dinner party. And then we get everybody into the same room and are like, okay, now be your character. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good exercise. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was fantastic. And it was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. She wrote this entire murder mystery in the universe of Akitar. So we had uh, we had the murderer and who was murdered and why and who all the accomplices were. Like she did all of that. I just did the fancy, the froofy stuff. I just made the evening immersive and decorated it and got food. But Shelly created the storyline for that evening and it was amazing. Um, what are your guys' specialties when it comes to cosplay in terms of like hair and makeup, costume design? I'm sure I'm missing a lot of other elements that make up cosplay, but please enlighten our listeners. Sounds so great. to me, Shelly can MacGyver anything truly oh. anything she can make anything work um whether or not it, it's supposed to work is not is irrelevant like <laughs> she can make it work um and it's incredible because for me i'm one of those people that i'll go along until i hit a snag and then i'll be like ah oh, this isn't the right method and then i'll try something else shelly will be like nope i'm going to hand puncture all of my corset rivets into this corset and she does it and then she completes this beautiful costume and i ask how she did it and she's like oh i did it the worst way possible but i it worked and I did it all with my own two hands and I'm like, amazing. So that's what, she that's what Shelly's good at. She can MacGyver anything. My superpower for the group is that apparently I can convince anyone to do anything. Okay. That's also correct. Multiple yep. people in the group did not know me. I cold contacted them, sent them just like this insane message mm -hmm. and they respond and agree to do the thing that I've tried to talk them into doing. That's true. Yeah. Okay. It is literally, literally how I accomplish everything is just harebrained schemes and making other people think it's a good idea. She just manifests and it's amazing. So on okay. the cosplay side, this gal, she just has like this exquisite attention to detail. Like if she is going to do a character, she's not going to just do it. She's going to come and walk in and everybody's jaw is going to hit the floor. Case in point, the surreal. Yes. <laughs> like the level of commitment she applies to every character she does is just 
mind boggling. Oh, <laughs> it was intense, but thank you, Shelly. That that's so nice. I just, if you're going to do something, you got to do it right. You know, yeah, right. I'm just, and I'm, I'm one of those people too, that like, if I go to an experience and I see a cosplayer that plays a character that I love so dearly, I would be so disappointed if they just put like Halloween level effort into it. And we're just like, yeah, well, I'm this character, but I'm also, you know, a nitpicky cosplayer. So I'd be like, so disappointed. So I'm like, I never, ever want someone to look at me and go, that's it. Okay. But I also just care a lot about doing it correctly. So that's where that comes from. Yes, your Akasas superpower. This woman, it's again, it's the attention to detail. She will write like 10 page documents of codes of conduct. She will choreograph dance routines. She choreographs the court dances and she will write a recording for our Rasan to read and then record it and edit it. This girl just can do anything and everything. And mm -hmm. somehow manages to get it done. Oh, thank you. That's okay. so nice. I I, get, I have to agree with you. I think my cosplay power is that I can just, I can learn about anything. It's just, it, if I have uh, an interest in it, and if I have the ability to do so, I will most likely learn how to do it, which it, it has, it's a double-edged sword because you do get to learn a new skill. And that's awesome and amazing. But at what cost? My God. I mean, the time, <laughs> the initial time investment, the tears the frustration, the embarrassment, the the time crunches. But then at the end, it's like, yeah, I learned how to resin print in three days. Or, <laughs> but it's but it really is. I sit and complain about it, but it's one of my favorite parts of cosplay is learning how to do new things. So whenever I come across people in the community that do awesome things, I will say, please t tell me how you did that, and they will, and they'll teach me and tell me. And I just hope that I can pass those things on to other cosplayers because that is what makes cosplay so meaningful to me is the fact that I did that with my own two hands. Top three tips for attending a Comic-Con as a cosplayer. Only three? I mean, if you have more, I'll take them. But I mean, I tried to narrow it down <laughs> to three. <laughs> no, that, that's a good number. So one of the first cons I went to, I did a gender-bent Winter Soldier. Ooh, it is okay. still one of my favorite it was looks aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Not going to lie. It was. <laughs> it was super sexy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but the problem is you are head-to-toe pleather, which does not breathe. You have harnesses. You have all these straps. If you drink water and you need to use the bathroom, getting out of it is quite the adventure. Okay. So definitely one of my tips will be strategic hydration mm -hmm. as well as a game plan. <laughs> if enough. it is a costume that you cannot get into yourself, I guarantee that you cannot get out of it yourself either. So facts. Consider okay. that. So that would be one tip. Honestly, pick a character you're passionate about mm -hmm. because if you are having fun, other people will see it and it will make the character itself more appealing to other people. Absolutely. And honestly, just like going and just remember to not take yourself too seriously. I feel like one of the greatest things Ooh. about cosplays, a group of us from Akazas, we're actually hanging out this weekend. We're going to a place called Evermore. If you haven't heard of it, you should look it up. It's basically like live action D&D. &D. You go to this park and it's a medieval hamlet. Okay. And there's character actors and stuff. It's it's a really cool concept. So a bunch of us, we're, we decided we're going to go. We're going to just dress up as whatever anyone feels like dressing up as because a number mm -hmm. of us have a number of costumes. And we're just going to run around and be idiots and take pictures and have fun. And mm -hmm. honestly, just like not worrying about how other people perceive you is one of my biggest tips for both cosplay and for enjoying a con. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Jumping onto that. So my top three tips are a little more 
they're a little more practical. But uh, but tip number one is do research on the venue that you're going to, because most of these Comic Cons are held at incredibly huge venues. Uh, most likely they are arenas or convention centers. And if you're going to be wearing a costume that has three inch heels or on platforms, or if you're on stilts, or if you have, if you're wearing all latex or corset or something like that, you want to make sure that you are not going to collapse a mile and a half from where you parked. You also want to know like where all the restrooms are and me, like I'm on the spectrum. So I always like to look and see like where the quiet spaces are and know where the food is, know where the bathroom is. Oh my God, know where the bathroom is. <laughs> and also like, it just helps me too, because in most of these venues, they have things like photo ops and signatures and panels and whatever. And there's nothing more stressful than not being able to find the place you're supposed to go. And you have a deadline. My photo op is at 12.05 on the dot and I cannot find this line. Like that's to me is super stressful. So make sure you research a venue, find out where you're going, find out what the layout is, have a game plan. Uh, Shelly's tip of hydrating is the strategic hydration is the underlined part of that sentence, but make sure that you just pack to take care of yourself. So I have to take painkillers to every con that I go to. I take my own water bottles so that I can refill them and carry them around. I usually will bring my own snacks. I plan to buy food there, but I always bring snacks. I, I usually like to go with friends because cons, unless you are going to meet the absolute celebrity love of your life, is usually not exciting by yourself. It's it's an experience that's meant to be enjoyed with people that you that you care about. Here's my third tip. If you are going to go to a con in cosplay, do a photo shoot first before you go to con in your costume. And I will tell you why. Because most people will work up until midnight before the con starts and finish their costume. And they're so proud of it. And then they'll wear it and they're like, oh my God, I can't lift my arms. This really itches. This is too tight. I feel claustrophobic in this. This is too heavy, et cetera, et cetera. So my pro tip, my cosplay pro tip to you is if you are going to wear something to Comic-Con, go out with your friends and do a dumb little photo shoot on your iPhone, you know, like two weeks before mm -hmm. and find out what does and doesn't work with your costume. Because there are a few things more miserable than getting a blister two hours into a con on your foot and knowing that you are going to be here for six more hours. Like right. that is, that will ruin your morale so fast. Um, so so the, those are my three tips. If you want to enjoy a con is to know the venue, plan ahead and practice in your costume. I love it. And I mean, the comic cons that I've gone to, to even call it cosplay is an absolute joke, but I stick to casual cosplay and I'm like, what do mm -hmm. I have in my closet that can pass as something as like a supporting character somewhere in the Marvel universe? I went as Darcy Lewis from oh, WandaVision. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Thor. Exactly. Yeah. Thor. Thor. And yeah. Okay. I wore Love her. And it was it was winter. So mm -hmm. I was like, what can I wear that's warm <laughs> and pass as a character <laughs> somewhere? And so I threw on a beanie. I had my glasses. I mean, I did my hair and makeup, but I wore a sword badge mm -hmm. and I was set. And I had Dr. Darcy Lewis on the badge. And I got so many compliments. And I was like, I completely half-assed this with like no time. <laughs> and I'm getting compliments. Somewhere, somehow. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is the cosplay community you were talking about. People who appreciate oh, yeah. <laughs> the minor details. And you are, that is called being a closet cosplayer, my friend. Like oh. that is a skill in and of itself. No, really. There are entire uh, social media challenges that will go around every once in a while. That's like you have 30 minutes to put together a closet cosplay of this thing. And you have to use what you already own. And it's just, it's cool that you did that. And you already had a complete Darcy look and didn't even know it. Yeah. But cosplay has lots of different levels to it. So I know lots of people in the Twilight world that don't have any of the clothing, but they have like all of Bella's accessories. So they'll wear like the bracelet and the moon ring and the 
and the whatever, or like the wolf tattoo. And that's, that's a brand of cosplay in and of itself. I don't even know what I would call that. I think I'd call it like cosplay bounding, but honestly, cosplay is what you deem to be cosplay. Cosplay is you doing something that makes you enjoy your efforts and what you're doing. So if you dress up and you are so proud of that Spider-Man onesie that you got off Amazon, congratulations, you're a cosplayer. Well done. Okay. So, so I love and that. I love that you never know which cosplays are just going to be absolutely loved. Like I think it was 2021 right after the Loki series came out, I went to Fanex mm-hmm. oh, as Miss Minutes. Mm-hmm. No way. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> you have no idea. She's underselling it. <laughs> yeah. And basically I did a very like vintage orange dress. I made a sign that said, had like the Miss Minutes on it uh-huh. and said, stop causing variants, wear a mask and had a blue mask on. And I'm like going around and scolding every Loki I find the entire con. And people are just dying. Losing their minds. It was was amazing. (laughs) And one of my favorite parts of that whole day is that was before I had officially met Shelly. And I saw her doing that. (laughs) Well, that was the first time I guess you could say I noticed her or like was like, okay, okay, this is a fun person. It was that they were doing a Marvel (laughs) meetup. And it was a bunch because Loki, the TV series had come out that year. And so there were tons of Lokis, tons of Sylvie. Well, Sylvie. Lots oh, of Sylvie. Okay. Like lots of and then we I had a friend who was who was Mobius, you know, like that whole thing. And I saw her running around as Miss Minutes and I was like, that's amazing. Like that is so <laughs> cool. And fate would have it that, you know, two years later we're really good friends now. And I just I love that I met you as Miss Minutes. It makes me happy. <laughs> Serious question time, folks. Get ready. Okay. Favorite fandom. I'd say it was Marvel for a really long time, but I feel like I'm coming off of that. I don't know what it is at this moment. Okay. Kendra? <laughs> Probably the Twilight fandom, which okay. is, but for, for but for a lot of the same reason why we love the Akatar fandom is just because the fans all, they found a refuge in, because Twilight fans especially took a beating in the early 2000s, you know, Dead. just from the cultural hatred of it. And so when people found each other in this fandom, like there's not a lot of infighting that happens in the Twilight fandom because this is where everyone comes to be safe basically with each other so the twilight fandom has has really changed my view on what fandoms can be okay mm-hmm. what are you guys currently watching or reading right now i just started the last book of the throne of glass series okay and i was recommended to read fourth wing so that's next up on my plate okay same i have a friend who immediately tagged me and she's like yo fourth wing put it on your radar right now come on <laughs> get it together <laughs> And I was like, okay. And I'm like putting together my summer watch list <laughs> of all the shows and movies I need to go see. And I'm like, okay, where do I fit in for fourth wing? Come on. <laughs> oh yeah. I know that feeling. I don't really read a lot of non, I don't really read a lot of fiction or fantasy. Most of the stuff I read is nonfiction. So I'm bo- So I'm really boring. So right. Well, I am re-listening to Silver Flames right now and huh, trying to keep a straight face at work through some of those scenes <laughs> is... <laughs> It's an exercise in life. I feel like a Valkyrie. I'm like, keep you reading. Like, <laughs> like, but anyway, but I'm currently just, just rereading a couple of nonfiction. I'm doing, I'm rereading John Krakauer's Into Thin Air, which is about the 1996 disaster on Everest. And I'm reading a how-to book on, uh, on a knitting technique that is now extinct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys read the Crescent City series yet? Not I haven't gotten yet. to that one. <laughs> I don't want to give any spoilers, but you guys are going to be adding more characters to your troop after you guys read Crescent City for sure. I was actually going to ask if you could bring on a supporting Akatar character, who would it be to the a court of Salt and Snow troop? Okay, Shelly, let's say it at the same time. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Helium. Helium. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so good. 
We no, would love my, my dream is I one of those things that I really would like to do is get all seven of the High Lords. That wouldn't that be phenomenal? I can't even oh, imagine nice. it. Like when we were doing content before Starfall, uh, the mm-hmm. day before we, we were all in costume, whatever we had, Tamlin and Resand and Kalias, they were just up on like the second floor of the Capitol, like by the banister, and they were just having like a casual like conversation with each other. And I was down on the floor and I had flutters in my stomach. I'm like, look at the three High Lords just like standing there talking to each other. So I want you to imagine for just a moment what oh. it would be like. Seven high lords, I'd lose my mind. I mean, but like under the mountain, girl. Like where in? Okay, imagine that shoot, just like under the mountain, all seven with Farah before her transformation. I'm like, oh my god, I want Amarantha. (laughs) Yes, like I want Amarantha splattered on the wall, and then I want Tamlin (laughs) holding a broken Farah, and then all the other high lords. But all seven high lords would be so. Huh, be so good. So that's Shelly's dream, and I fully support that dream. You know, I approve this message. I was way off. I was going to be like, can we get an Alice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I think it'd be super cool to get a Nuala and Caridwin in there. Oh, yeah. Too. We would just utilize them as handlers, and then it would be so cool to have Nuala and Caridwin like Bounce off running around helping us out. That'd be so good. All right. And last but not least, where can our listeners follow A Court of Salt and Snow on social media? Well, there's a couple of things that you can do. Our our handle as a group is A Court of Salt and Snow on both Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. We don't do Facebook at this point, but we probably should. And we, from that point, we have a link tree in the bio that has the links to the character profiles for everyone who has a character-specific profile. But we also have a Patreon page, which it has not been officially launched, but will be very, very soon. So if you are interested in helping to support the troop, we would appreciate that very, very much. Just watch out for that. And that link is also in the link tree. And now it is time for the Spotlight of the Week. Tax Pros, an award-winning tax firm dedicated to providing their clients with a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services. With three locations in Southern California, Tax Pros is there to meet you where you are offering phone and video appointments. Learn more or book an appointment today at TaxPros, taxprose.com. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not associated with the following. A Court of Salt and Snow, Bookbound Events, any of the cosplay events that we mentioned in today's episode. We're just really big fans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.